results are going your way. It's easy to kind of like get on each other. A difference in our style, but it wasn't a difference as to who we are or what our identity as a team Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Hello there, everyone. You're welcome along to Tuesday evenings off the ball. Joe Malloy here. We've a stellar lineup on the way. So, Joe Canning is with us between eight and nine. Long overdue chat with Joe Canning as he enjoys his first year away from a Galway jersey since 07. 14 straight seasons on the go, Joe Canning. Uh, certain Erling Haaland has joined Man City. Sam Lee covers Man City for the Athletic. He'll join us this hour. Dan McDonnell on the football show as Aston Villa Liverpool dominates the immediate Premier League agenda. But we will also talk to Marcella Mora Iorahu on Lionel Messi taking all that Saudi money to become their tourism ambassador and write things like hashtag visit Saudi all over his Instagram. In fairness... He was down to his last $600 million. 53106, the text number. We're at off the ball on Twitter. Mick McCarthy in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. And Richie McCormick. Hello. Lads, how are you? Tell you what, sad day for gamers, Mick. I know. End of era. After nearly 30 years, that make you feel old, nearly 30 years, FIFA and EA Sports have said farewell to each other. Negotiations have ended without agreement, so the deal current 10-year deal, this current deal, ends after the Women's World Cup next year. And then the days of saying, do you want to play a game of FIFA, are gone. Yeah. EA Sports are going to continue the brand. They've gone for the new catchy title instead of FIFA. It will be EA Sports FC. Yeah. Do you fancy a game of Sports FC? (laughs) Is what we won't be saying. Uh, Although the game won't change much. Apparently due to licensing licensing agreements, most of the world's top clubs and players still playable because of separate licensing deals. The World Cup, though, will be gone from the game, as you might imagine, and certain other FIFA events. But the deals with the clubs and the players remain. So you won't be playing with Hagland for Manchester Town type (laughs) thing, if you get me. Uh, 20 billion in sales in the last two decades. Yeah. 20 billion. You know, it's, it's, it's a borderline monopoly at this stage. I mean, like the, the Pez franchise has kind of fallen by the wayside. I think it might actually be. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but definitely uh, it's a FIFA all the way. It's more, we're just going to have to adjust what we call something. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to make all that much of a difference. FIFA doubled the price. Yeah. And EA were like, no. <laughs> like, I mean, the people come to us because of the game. We, It's a catchy title and that's about it. And it's only because it's been there so long. So nothing is actually going to change. It's a sad day for gamers because that's because gamers haven't thought about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, FIFA were getting 150 million a year. They were like 20 billion over two decades. I don't think 150 million a year was overpaying FIFA. They wanted 300 million, as you said. They wanted double and EA Sports said no. So EA Sports FC will be coming to your Christmas stockings I'm most disappointed in a way that this story at least six months ago was flagged. And, right, they've been in negotiation since. In that six months, they still are sticking with EA Sports FC. I just thought that in that time they'll say, oh, people will have forgotten the original wave of this story. We'll come out with a catchy new name and everyone will be on our side. There's a party that almost wants to gravitate towards FIFA's side of the argument because of how bad EA's name is. I mean, what I look forward to most of all, Richie, is FIFA's efforts to put out their version of EA Sports game, which will be truly appalling. It will be about 50 years before they get the hang of it. 
Yeah, God knows. Like, because the thing about it is, as many problems as people might point out with the FIFA franchise, and I kind of hear about them uh, more than most uh, from the room next door, is like they've been at it for so long and they know the game inside out and they, they're able to develop it, they're able to tweak it, they know their audience, they know exactly what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done. And somebody is going to have to start this from scratch if FIFA are going to continue on the brand. And there was a good point made by, I think it was Grant Wall earlier on, like it's sad in a way because it was one of the few times you'd ever hear FIFA the name or the word FIFA mentioned in a positive slant yeah. or even a vaguely positive slant. Now that's just completely gone because FIFA is just a byword for corruption and you know backhanders and brown envelopes and you know uh, sports washing. Whereas you know they they had a nice little product on the go. They had uh, you know it were in 150 million households every year um, in a positive manner. And that's just all wiped away now because they want to double their money and the game is still going to be the same. Uh, so the only ones that really suffer here are, are FIFA. I think that's exactly right. I think FIFA are the losers in this. You know, they're losing out on 150 uh, million a year, but also like exactly any any positivity associated with the name whatsoever or any, I think, acceptance among folk to just sort of like let FIFA be as it is because in some weird way I associate FIFA with this game that I love playing mm. on Christmas morning or at two o'clock in the morning when I should be going to bed. All that's gone now. They they, they don't have that. To, I, I think that actually, in a weird way, it sounds stupid, but I actually think that actually will harm them. The most recent version I have is maybe 2015. Right, okay. Which I play yeah. one week of the year around Christmas week because it's just still in the house. Yeah. And oh. I would say... It's too hard to score. Still. It's too hard to score in FIFA 15. That was my big complaint with it. Yeah. I like the days when or 2 was a Ronaldo turn around 2002 and games <laughs> finished 8-7. I didn't mind that there were more goals than you might get in a match ordinarily. Now, that sounds to me like that you've let the whole kind of online gaming completely pass you by. So, like, being yeah. hard, it's easy to score when you're like me and you're playing online in Division 10 out of 10 okay. because you're so bad you're playing against, like, literal five-year-old children online. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> no, but that that is, that's the appeal of it now. Like, it's the ultimate team. That's that's what the, the big FIFA thing is at the moment is, like, you're building your team, you're spending coins on it. Sometimes you're spending real money to get those coins yeah. and you're building up your, your, your team and you're playing online against uh, other people. Is it as good as ever? Uh, it's better than ever, really. Is like, it? Yeah, in many, many ways it is, yeah, because that whole element of it, you know what I mean? You'd, be you'd very rarely be sitting at home playing FIFA now, playing a, like a, you know, I'm going to play a Champions League and win it as yeah. whoever, like, you know. That's and excuse my ignorance here in this whole realm, has Pro Evo given up the ghost? That was a challenger for a time. Yeah, Richie might know that. It's certainly, it's certainly sales-wise, it is yeah. uh, completely collapsed. I thought that it had actually gone, but it might, it might still be around. I'm not sure. They they offer updates year on year, oh, okay. uh, according to the Ellison side. So essentially, it's not released as a physical product. They just offer an update to the existing core of the game. Okay. Um, although again, somebody can correct me on that because I'm sure I'm wrong. But that's that's what I've been told by my sources who are more vetted in these things than I. <laughs> yeah, we're at that age. The gamers fair, are going to be onto us here, lads. A, a fair idea who your sources might be. <laughs> uh, there might be eleven later on in the yeah. year. Yeah, um, but yeah, like, I, I, as far as I know, that's what it is. But okay. that hurts obviously the visibility of the game. 
um, videos still out there because it used to like like I'm, I worked in I worked in HMV for years and used to stock the two of them side by side and used yeah. to see which one and who would be you know picking up uh, the most copies per week or uh, who would be selling the most copies per week and it was neck and neck for a while there were a certain core of aficionados who swore by Pro Evo and said that they wouldn't go near FIFA because FIFA wasn't near realistic enough mm. um, but I always found Pro Evo just a bit too tricky um, because you know I'm not that smart um, but yeah it's 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 an open goal for EA to continue on now and, and keep developing the game because the only thing they're missing is obviously the World Cup and FIFA are ruining the World Cup anyway come the next four years when they expand it out to 48 teams so they can just create their own better tournament within the game and everybody will be happy FIFA should rebrand with a sports administration game instead of a football game where you have to you know you start <laughs> off running a local club in uh, Southeast Asia or something like that and you have to rise to the top levels of FIFA and eventually the big bad that you have to take on in the last level is Infantino in his office. And do you like take bribes along the way and stuff? Well, I'm not saying anything like that. <laughs> no, but obviously, obviously there is, it has to be realistic. They have to go down the Grand Theft Auto uh, 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 road rather than to just play more football. Mode. Were you outside at all, by the way, today? Was I? Outside yeah. today? Yeah. I don't play, I haven't played my PlayStation in about six months, Joe. I don't... Is that is that what you're inferring? No, 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 no. Just uh, <laughs> I, I popped out to get a coffee. I haven't. I don't usually. Jeez, town was beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, I thought you were having to say. Uh, having no, no, a no, no. Sorry, there was no hidden message there. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't having to go at you. Uh, town was beautiful. People yeah. uh, like it was. It was humming. I would say humming uh, in yeah. the sunshine. People sitting outside, not for COVID reasons, just you know to sit outside. Dublin City is back. Is that well, what you're I mean, I'm not going that far, but I, I was walking. I was walking with my coffee, thinking, bloody hell, it's kind of nice to have a bit of an atmosphere again. Yeah. It's been, been a while feels like anyway uh, we should press on the newsroom brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day Richie you are starting in one place one place only yeah, the biggest transfer of the summer is already done. Erling Haaland will be a Manchester City player on July the 1st. The Premier League leaders confirmed this afternoon that they've reached an agreement in principle with Borussia Dortmund. In effect, they've triggered his 60 million euro release clause. Haaland, of course, one of the hottest properties in Europe, having scored 85 goals in 88 appearances for the Bundesliga club. It's believed the 21-year-old will sign a five-year contract at the Etihad. Dortmund, meanwhile, have returned to the same allotment where they plucked Haaland, paying Red Bull Salzburg 38 million euro for Kareem Adeyemi as his replacement well this is scary yeah that's some goal record isn't it you, know, you, you kind of know this about Haaland you know he's only 21 even though he feels older and you know he has an amazing goal record you see them written down together 85 goals in 88 games and still 21 yeah and you know as much as City are going to pay him that is a cheap price for them in oh, terms it's a dream. of transfer fee you it's, know it's an absolute dream I mean this buyout clause if you take for instance I heard the point made the Jack Grealish buyout clause was Grealish and his agent doing Aston Villa a favour this buyout clause for Haaland was doing Haaland a favour yeah it's an amazingly cheap deal it's a dream deal it meant he just he's basically akin to a free transfer and he got to pick the best offer I mean Man City is his choice so 85 goals and 88 appearances and he fears that he's a flat track bully in the Bundesliga blown away by his Champions League record he is averaging in the Champions League of all players with more than 15 goals he is averaging a goal every 64 minutes nobody else is under a goal every 100 minutes Messi is like 104 uh, he is the record for most Champions League goals of any player under the age of 21 so he has 23 Mbappe two fewer Messi had 17 mm. before the age of 21 Benzema had 13 so Haaland has 23. I watched all of his goals today, just on YouTube. Okay. He was like a meditation in Haaland. It doesn't take your breath away very often. That's, yeah. 
He scores a huge number of tap-ins. I would say his most prominent goal, and to be fair, this is the scary thing when you think of how Man City go about their business. His most common goal is pull back from the byline, tap in from inside five, six yards. Yeah. Tap in, tap in, tap in, tap in. There's about 50 of them. They're just tap-ins. Yeah. And his movement seems to be such as well that none of the runs are particularly eye-catching or seem outrageously clever or unforeseeable. But he just seems well, to pick the right one. They can't get yeah. him. And yeah. I mean, a, a couple of times he runs in behind. He's not lightning fast, but he's also never really caught. He has enough. Mm. And he scores the odd header. Uh, so for Dortmund, his 31st goal was the first one outside the box. Right, OK. That kind of a deal. This yeah. guy's like the ultimate feed me, which is what Man City need. Which I is what they need, yeah. Um, but I do, do often wonder, will they play to that? Stress? I suppose my question is, and I haven't seen him as much as you, and I'd be interested in what Richie thinks as well, is he a guaranteed home run here? Thinks so. you know, I think so. Yeah, I think it's as is. close as you can get. I just wonder, yeah. like, the, the, there is a step up in level. I know we can say the Champions League is is the best, but, like, what, depends what games you're playing in the Champions League. Dortmund haven't gone deep into the Champions League in Haaland's time there. And, you know, you could argue that the Premier League, you know, considering that, you know, both finalists last year and new, a new finalist again this year, yeah. uh, you know, the Premier League in the top four or five is as good as any of the Champions League. So you would just... just say that it is still a step up we've seen it in Sancho this year going into a horrible situation that Haaland obviously won't be uh, you know so what you're saying is I'm not saying anything I'm questioning <laughs> I'm just asking Doom's a question as to whether or not this is as guaranteed a home run as everybody seems to be making out no no and, transfer is guaranteed but this is as close as you can get and if the, and if that if those last four years are his baseline yeah as a 21 year old Exactly, he's so you young. Only, you can only, yeah, yeah. You can only say he's gonna if he, if he is only going to improve at this age. That is a very, very scary prospect for everybody else, Barman City. So what you're saying is, <laughs> for the for the purposes of a clip here, are you clipping me here? Yeah, that's. <laughs> is he the new Timo Werner? <laughs> Bundesliga. Look, I bully. don't see a huge amount of difference between Haaland and Werner, to be honest. Yeah, Bundesliga know. bully set to flop. Something like that. I'm I'm devil's advocating here. I'm sure Sam will tell us why City are are you know uh, laughing all you, the way to the bank. Do you know here. one of the interesting things about Haaland as well? Just reading into his background, so obviously he comes from footballing royalty and and uh, Alfinger uh, hobbles away from Old Trafford back to uh, Norway to to you know set up shop with the family and Erling's playing with the local team and he was outstanding and his coach who had him from 11 said that all of those tapping goals he seemed to have that knack for tapping goals even as an 11 year old which is very impressive uh, and so from the age of about 14 he started playing you know he was playing with older boys all along the way but from 14 he was playing you know with the under 17s and under 19s at times and therefore was physically uh, very small and, and had to rely on stealth and movement and intelligence between the ages of 14 and a half and 16 and a half he grew 25 centimetres. So up until about the age of 16, he was relying on his smarts and developed his smarts. And then at 16, he turned into an absolute monster. Yeah. And that's, that's, Same. That, that's the right way to do it. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how was your uh, stealth uh, development in the early years, Richie? Amazing, amazingly, it slowed down uh, in later life, Mick, <laughs> would you believe? Used mm. to be there, now not so much. Uh, just to add to your point that he could be a giant flop like Timo Werner <laughs> um, it did it did on a serious note I, on a semi-serious note it did strike me watching goal after goal after goal the, the, the standard of defending in the Bundesliga was atrocious yeah it was really atrocious some of the defending so 
he's not going to score as many goals. I don't think in two years' time we're sitting here and he's got 85 and 88. Then again, it's Man City. That's the only counter, yeah, well, counterweight that, but, to that point. But in fairness, if you're talking about this as the signing that changes them, you need him to get kind of Kane Salah goals. You I know, think, that, yeah, that is that. the modern game is you need like your striker. Like, well, City don't need it, obviously. They're winning everything there is to win without him. But, you know, you know Kane regularly 25-30 goals a season Salah regularly 25-30 yeah. goals a season that's success it really is like I mean this guy the, has the to interesting be judged thing about the highest standard but then he's does, on, but then, the interesting thing about so, it, Rich, City, yeah City now have a focal point where they didn't have one before yeah. and that changes the dynamic certainly of, of how they will uh, attack games because they almost by stealth you know we'll want to re- overuse that phrase but by stealth they would have taken games because they've got five six players in the team who they know can actually score in any one starting 11 whereas now the onus is certainly on one person and one person not alone but certainly in the main to score the bulk of their goals and that will change how they operate like it, it naturally has to there's no question about it um, and how others around him respond to that and how others are used uh, as effectively is going to be a big question for Guardiola to kind of conjure over the next six months yeah I think it's going to be okay I think the two lads either side are going to do just fine um, <laughs> if, if you're if you're saying Salah or Kane numbers are success then yeah I think it's a home run yeah it's a home, it's a, like it's a home run yeah well there fine. you go he made it look too easy they're just good it's, it's scary scary so I don't they're going to just create so many chances yeah. as they are anyway and he's there to score them yeah yeah. basically basically uh, so good for football and competitiveness <laughs> though all the same I know uh, meanwhile so Liverpool's situation tonight Richie is very straightforward yeah pretty much anything other than a win and it'll effectively end their Premier League title hopes Jurgen Klopp's side trail City by three points and have a worse goal difference after the weekend's results we'll start with the uh, home team uh, mix beloved uh, Villa Emi Martinez starts in goal back four of Matty Cash Ezri Konza Tyrone Mings and Luca Dina in midfield John McGinn Marvellous Nakamba and Douglas Luiz in front of them Philippe Coutinho in up front Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins for Liverpool a couple of changes as we might have expected uh, given the close proximity of that Spurs game Alan Allison starts in goal. They've got a back four. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joel Matip, Virgil van Dijk and Costas Tsimikas. In midfield, Fabinho, Naby Keita and Curtis Jones. And in the front three is Luis Diaz, Diogo Jada and Sadio Mane. The likes of Mo Salah and the returning Roberto Firmino are on the bench for Liverpool tonight. Kickoff at Villa Park is at 8pm. FA Cup final. League's gone. Oh, no, I just think Stevie G. Yeah. He'll make sure we win. Well, he's he's uh, he's dropped uh, Wendy, so that 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 for me is a sign of uh, surrender from Stevie. <laughs> so Wendy only, only came in for one game at the weekend, but he was very good. He'll uh, play on the twenty second against Man City. Is that what you're saying? That's it. Oh yeah, you can count on it. Uh, updates across the evening. Dan McDonald will be in studio between nine and ten. New Champions League format confirmed. Uh, yes indeed it is uh, it's still uh, unwieldy but it is set in stone now UEFA finally settling on settling on a format for the expanded version of the Champions League from 2024 of the four extra places that will be on offer one will go to a third place team in the league ranked fifth in UEFA's coefficient another will be granted by extending the, the champions path in the qualifiers and the controversial other two places uh, which were set to be go to coefficient alone will be awarded to the countries whose teams have the best record in Europe that season so in effect this year that would be uh, England and the Netherlands so Tottenham currently in fifth would uh, be qualifying for the Champions League under the current rules the number of group games per team has also been cut from 10 to 8 okay small mercies 
I just don't know why they have to complicate things so much. <laughs> it's Take like, I've read two articles about this and I'm, I, to be say I'm none the wiser is uh, <laughs> probably not even an exaggeration. We'll worry about it next year. Yeah, year exactly. after next year. Uh, so this is interesting. I hadn't seen this news, Richie. Heineken Chairman's Cup, this two-legged last 16 business, they're doing away with it. One and done, yeah. The two-legged round of 16 format in the Heineken Champions Cup to be scrapped from next season. Instead, the first knockout phase will feature eight games across the one weekend with the quarterfinals taking place just a week later. This season, of course, saw Ulster narrowly beaten on aggregate by Toulouse in the last 16 despite their victory in France. What should you make of that? I thought the last 16 two-legged affair was generally received as a, as a big success and everybody enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what are are they sticking with the same format for the competition in advance, or are we going back to pools? I don't know. Like it's it's um, I don't know if uh, it did feel like a lot for the last sixteen games mm. before we headed to the quarterfinals and everything got a bit quicker. That's that's the only thing I felt. I wonder would it be better for semi-finals or maybe even for quarter-finals but obviously they're not doing that either I don't think Jerry Thorne would be too happy with the fact that the quarter-finals are on the following week as well which means that it's more bing bang boom for the Champions Cup unless they're trying to create a gap week between quarters and semis maybe oh you would suggest so they're hardly going to play three weeks in a row yeah which we yeah. don't have this time around I don't know I liked it I thought it was something very different and worked so, really well so yeah it depends if you take it as look three or four well, five or six of these games are going to be done yeah. And there's going to be no drama. The ones that do have it are going to be incredible. incredible. So it's, there's, there is a trade-off there. And it probably did work ultimately. There weren't even it? that many games which were done. The only one I can think of which was properly done was Connacht-Leinster. Well, so even so, that was only five points, I think, wasn't it? It was just that well. everyone trusted Leinster. At home to yeah. do it. I, don't know, I think that's a pity. We'll uh, touch on that a bit more detail on the format tomorrow when Wednesday Night Rugby. Uh, so Dan Carter was on OTBAM this morning. Yeah, and he says Ireland's tour of New Zealand is an important barometer for the All Blacks ahead of next year's World Cup. Andy Farrell's side played three tests this summer, starting with the July 2nd encounter at Eden Park. And speaking on this morning's OTB AM, former All Blacks head half Carter believes Ireland will be the perfect opponent for New Zealand. This is huge, honestly. It's a proud Kiwi and the the way the, the Irish played against us in November completely outplayed us. Um has brought so much excitement around these these three test matches in New Zealand. As you know, us Kiwis, we're pretty passionate about rugby. It's, it's like a religion down here in New Zealand. Um, so to be completely outplayed like like we were in November brings some some real excitement to the series. Three test matches. The All Blacks, we, we really need to know exactly where we're at. And this series against an inform Irish side, and I followed them pretty closely through the Six Nations and I thought they played extremely well. Great to see Johnny Sexton getting consistent game time and, and playing well and, and driving the team around the park. So I'm hugely excited. I've given you the real long answer. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say. I have to support my, my Kiwi brothers um, whenever they play, but... This is, these are just the test matches that uh, that the All Blacks need um, just over a year from, from the World Cup to just see exactly where we're at, whether we've got the combinations right, um, how much change we need to, to make um, over the next 18 months. And yeah, um, I'm sure the, uh, the Irish are you know, pretty keen to, to build on the momentum that, that they started um, or that they've been building over the last few years against the All Blacks. 
I mean, now that you think about it, it's going to be an amazing tour. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Three weekends in July as well. Like, it's not even the usual June. It's right at, right at the time we need it, actually, in the, in the, the summer of a sport. <laughs> yeah, I, no, as sports fans first, and then, <laughs> and then professionally second. Yeah. Um, it's great. I wish the All Blacks weren't taking us so seriously all the time, I have to say. It's, it's, we, we keep beating them, and then that like, puts their back up for the next like, five times we meet them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do actually believe that. It, it did seem to me from an awful lot of the stuff I was reading, you know, of New Zealand media in the build-ups even, the, like the last World Cup is like, they genuinely see us as more of a challenge to them than we do, yeah. I think. And then they go and beat us by 40 points in the quarterfinal. It's just a horrible assumption that that's the conclusion to each four-year cycle, isn't it? <laughs> that's why no one's too excited. Lads, it's written in the stars, Jared's Aston Villa will fumble over the line and beat Liverpool this evening, ending Liverpool's title race, says Barry in Dublin. Fumble and over the line? Yeah. Gavin says, the new FIFA game will see players trying to award tournaments to despotic regimes for as much money as possible. We'll that's kind of not too far off what I suggested. Yeah, variations yeah. on a theme. Uh, FIFA gags, eh? So, <laughs> Antonio Rudiger on the move. He is indeed. The Chelsea defender has agreed to join Real Madrid on a free transfer this summer. The 29-year-old who has won the Champions League, FA Cup and Europa League during his time at Stamford Bridge will move to the Spanish capital, signing a four-year deal which will earn him around €10 million a season. Nice work if you can get it. So I suppose this is a consequence in part certainly of the Chelsea situation. That's Rudiger out the door. I suspect his manager will not be thrilled and uh, you wonder who else might go at the moment. Meanwhile, bad season. Well, bad season's a bit harsh. Uh, tricky season, getting trickier for yeah. the Cork footballers. Yeah, the injury crisis deepening today. Ian Flahov's season ended by a torn cruciate knee ligament. The Douglas defender suffered the injury in Saturday's Munster semi-final defeat to Kerry. During that game, a porky ran as well. Goalkeeper Michal A. Martin was also replaced by former outfield player Era O. Still in Foley. Cork will be involved in the first round of the qualifiers on the June bank holiday weekend. Because Ian Flahov did a fine job on David Clifford yeah. the weekend. Who's on the show tomorrow, David Clifford? Yeah, he is. Um... What will, what, will, what will we talk to the boy wonder about? <laughs> I don't know, really. But I, I'd be interested in that Kerry kind of were in such a no-win situation on Saturday night. Like, they ended up putting a decent score past Cork. And all the, the comment is, God, Cork, you know, did themselves justice and didn't disgrace themselves. And that's fine. Like, I, I actually agree with that. But it's it's like, maybe this is exactly where Kerry need to be. They're going to play Tipper Limerick in a Munster final now. And they're going to be... It, it's whether you'll see it as are they going to be untested yeah. by the time they hit the quarterfinals you know like they really really won't have had much of a challenge at all mm. and I think that's their only worry this year to be honest yeah who are your favourites Kerry? I, I think Kerry are the best team I do I think with, with Throne obviously are their kryptonite and they seem in disarray yeah. Mayo are you know obviously have to go through the qualifiers now as well and you know the dubs aren't the dubs of old. They're still probably the most dangerous team, other than Kerry. But yeah. I like it's Kerry's to lose, and that's a it's a lot of pressure on them. You know what I mean? And you talk you talk of the, if there's pressure on Kerry, then there's extra pressure on David Clifford to be like you know we're going to talk to Joe Canning later. He's in very much in that mold of everything comes down to what you do, and it's like sometimes that's not easy when you're a full forward. Yeah. You know if 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 things aren't going well for the team, they're not going to go well for you. So. Yeah, that that that's that's my uh, main interest in the football season this year. Seeing how that unfolds, lots of GA royalty on the show this week. Then absolutely, yeah. yeah. So Clifford tomorrow, Canning this evening, Rich James O'Connor on Monday. Don't James forget O'Connor that Monday, yeah. Earlier the year, 
Do you want to bring us a last story there, Rich? Yeah, Shannon Sweeney suffered a first-round exit at the Women's World Boxing Championships in Istanbul earlier this evening. The male strawweight, beaten by unanimous decision by Argentina's Aldana Florencia Lopez, hopefully better to come from Team Ireland. Already one win under their belts, but more boxers in action starting from tomorrow. Okay, very good. Richie, we'll chat tomorrow. Thank you. Nice, lads. Mate McCarthy, thanks very much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Richie. Your chance to win big. News Talk's Cash Machine. Now, Helen Byrne from Portleash was our seventh winner in a row on the cash machine today. We have a new amount this evening. The exact number is €10,712.25. So all you have to do is text the word PLAY to 57599. Get your entry in by 3 o'clock tomorrow. And then across the Go Loud network of stations, Barry Dunn will make the call. If your phone rings, answer within five rings. Tell him the exact amount in euro and cents. And the cash is yours. So the amount again, €10,712.25. Over 18s only, text costs €2.50 plus your standard message rate to play. You are playing across the GoLoud network of stations, terms and conditions on newstalk.com. We're talking Erling Haaland next. We have Joe Canyon on the way between 8 and 9.